Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip-hop. Check it out. Boom. This is the 20 by 20 podcast. Shout out to the nation of domination. Yeah. In these potted streets, but we doing our thing. Tell Coco beware, bringing them birds to the ring. Attitude error, WWF on the leather. It's that 2020 podcast. I go rare your shorty with a frog splash. She look like Sunny, but she Puerto Rican. I came through like the repo man creeping. Welcome, welcome. This is the 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your host, Nathan McFly with Shit Nigga Woodrow, man. Shout out to the Nation of Domination. Shout out, motherfucker, Hurt Business. Shout out to Los Boricuas. You know what I'm saying? You might have seen me in your shorty's phone, like, Madita Perra, tu me tienes aficiado. <laughs> What's going on, G? (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I don't even know how all of that turned into my my little like introduction and shit. Yo, the intro is wave, kid. (laughs) That shit just that shit just happened naturally. You know what I'm saying? That shit took that shit took on a life of its own, bro. That's a fact, bro. You know, like I said, man, I'm different, bro. You know, I, I might get a scam likely call. <laughs> I'm gonna answer. You know what I'm saying? I want to see what's going on with them. I want to see what they doing. You know what I'm saying? Who they scamming today? <laughs> what made you want to you know call I mean? me? <laughs> exactly. You know. Oh man. That's what it is, man. But what's going on with you, boss? Everything. Chilling, man. Yo, talking about Los Boricuas, they got um, Savio Vega supposedly gonna make an appearance at Survivor Series for Taker. Why? <laughs> I have no idea, bro. I'm thinking because you know he, he part of his clique and shit that uh that BSK Bone Street crew. So that's the only thing that I could say that links him to Undertaker. Well, hopefully they give him the day off at the bodega <laughs> and he get his ass over there. <laughs> hey, yo, Mr. Lopez, why the cat always sleeping on the bread? For real, yo, tell me he does not look like Jesus de la Bodega. <laughs> he does. He's the he, one that sets like, up the dominoes in front. He he he's a he's the bodega owner that's that's letting pe- the people buy beer with with food stamps. <laughs> Shout out to Savio Vega, man. Words, words. He letting them buy Dutchess too, or what? He lets you get yeah. He lets you get the chopped cheese, the hot, the hot, the hot chopped cheese, not not the cold joint that you gotta go make it at home. You do it yourself, kid. And he don't embarrass you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's say you, let's say yeah, he be too low. You know what I'm saying? You don't cop like twenty seven dollar worth of shit. You only got like twenty one in the card. He gonna let you know. He gonna write in the receipt. Yo, just give me them four dollars later. He's not sweating it. Well, not at all. He know you coming back. You're the only one. You only want the only one letting them use that shit for everything in the store. He's not worried about it. Not at all, Poppy. Poppy, just come back, Poppy. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> oh man, yo, shit is wild, B. But uh, damn man, all this fucking rain, bro. Yeah, shit. I know. It's been warm though. Yeah, I mean, to, it, it got a Shout little chilly to tonight. Got a little... Shout out to Global Warming. Word up. You know what I'm saying? 
They're out here keeping it nice and fucking warm in November. It was a nice 70 something the other day, like 73. That shit was wild. Like that. that shit is wild, B. For real, I was, uh, jumped on my bike. I was like, let me, let me take a ride around the hood. Let me see what's going on. Right, right. It was like that. It was that nice of a day. You know I mean? Yeah, man. Because now, oh yeah, like it's like 45 right now. You're getting a little chilly on this motherfucker. Yeah, it's chilly. It's wet. It's November weather right now. Word, man. Um, yeah, anticipating another lockdown. Yeah, the motherfuckers in a headlock. Cole, we got niggas in a headlock. Um, you know what? We ain't tapping out just yet. Yeah, Cole, we got niggas in a headlock. Referee is trying to break the hold. <laughs> and COVID is not letting go. COVID is being wild, disrespectful. Like, holding for the whole five nation. count, bro. Come on, yeah, break I mean, it up, what, break it up. What, what's, uh, what the holiday is going to be like this year with COVID? You think uh, the people still going to get together? I don't know, man. I mean, there's certain people that say, yo, they're just going to keep it in the crib with immediate family. I mean, then then you got others that be like, yeah, the whole family getting together. We all we all gonna get together, and then it's like, all right, you know, like you don't you don't really know where to go with this, because you see the numbers, you see everything rising, you see everything getting above a certain percentage and all that shit, and then people wanna kind of like compare it to like the you know a regular flu. I mean, it, everybody's getting everything, bro. You know what I'm saying? But this is just... This is just different. Everybody's acting different. So... I don't know, man. Yeah, and not for nothing, it seems like on this second wave, or as it just, like, begins to pick up again, it seems like people that I know personally are starting to get it now. I feel like during that first... You know, when all this shit was going on, I feel like a lot of people that, you know, I was connected to wasn't really catching it yeah but you know one of our close boys got it one of our close boys both their parents got it that um, was wild. yeah i know like a couple people from my job that have gotten it so it's getting uh you know it's, it's getting crazy right now so yeah yeah man like you said you're starting to see people closer closer to you getting it now 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 you're really starting to think twice about Everything that you're doing. But, you know, as long as everybody still, you know, stay safe and do what they got to do to keep shit at least going the way it's going now. I mean, you know, that that's all that's all that really matters. You know what I'm saying? Like people just really, really got to, you know, put their two cents together and, you know, help everybody else get out of this shit, man. I want, I want this shit going back to n- normalcy, bro. Fuck. I was thinking the other day, I was like, damn, man, I miss going to a fucking football game, a basketball game, go to Yankee Stadium, City Field, like, ain't none of that shit happened this summer, you know? <laughs> for real, bro. Yo, not for nothing, speaking of, speak, I was going to say speaking of baseball, yeah, speaking of baseball, it uh, it's a year since the Astros Got were caught? exposed for cheating. Yeah, man. Yo, and the they still made it to the playoffs. Shit, Astros? Yeah. Nigga, they won the World Series. It no, I'm talking I'm talking I'm talking about I'm oh, talking, this year. Yeah, they made it to the fucking Yeah. Uh, to the they AL made it championship to the playoffs game. This year. Yeah. 
I mean, my nigga Altuve played terrible. Yeah. He's horrible now. Now that he's not getting... Now that he don't know what pitch is coming, he can't fucking hit. He can't field. You know, like, what's crazy, bro? Like, I was, like, literally, like, thinking about it. I was like, imagine a nigga like Mike Trout. Imagine he knew what pitch was coming next. Jesus, Lord. Imagine imagine Tony Gwynn or Ichiro knowing what pitch was coming next. Some dudes would bat, like, nine... 900. Yo, you know, you know who would probably bat still the same, but fire, even knowing what pitch is coming, because he's gonna swing at everything. Who? Vladimir, I got a couple of names. <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero. No gloves, straight raw, straight out there with ashy knuckles. <laughs> Yo, dead ass, what a good. Yo, that dude right there. Oh man, always been a monster, always. How nah, you... but yeah, just thinking about that, bro. Like, this nigga Altuve cheating took an MVP from Judge mm-hmm. because Judge came in second. Yep. And and the Yankees ended up losing. This nigga Altuve ended up hitting a game-winning home run off motherfucking off the rocket. Chapman. Yep. Off Chapman. And motherfucker, oh, the rocket, the missile, <laughs> and motherfucking. Was talking about don't take my shirt off. Oh, bro, it's all nasty, bro. It's disgusting. Like to be re to be reminded of that shit. Like it's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. And P. Rose still ain't in the Hall of Fame. But your man Altuve could P- play the following year, hit two twenty, like a fucking bum. My nigga, two twenty. Even though it was only sixty games, I think he only played like fifty of them. But still, you know what I'm saying, like. That shit was that shit was ass, B. That shit was ass. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to go on a wild tangent, man. I just <laughs> nah, I it's all good. It's all good because you know what? We're about to talk about something that's uh, you know, that's predetermined and nobody gets mad about. So. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Even <laughs> even if being predetermined, people get mad. I know, man. Isn't that some shit, bro? It's nasty. But um. Talking about that and cheating and people getting, you know, done dirty. Uh, I think it was, uh, what was it, the 9th. The 9th of November was the 23rd anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob. And, you know, I, I, yo, listen, this topic has been talked about on numerous shows, podcasts, television um, shows. You know, Dark Side of the Ring did a whole a whole TV show on it. And it's just, it's crazy to me how Brett is the only one that is sticking to his guns, sticking to his story, and, you know, saying that he got screwed, it happened like this. Like, his story never changed. Everybody else's interpretation of that night that was involved that night for some reason changed. What do you mean? Like uh, the referee from that night, right? Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner, he's the one that that was the twin. Remember that helped uh, Andre the Giant? Oh, yeah, of yeah, so. And, you know, in the story, you know, 
Bret Hart bought him uh, a first class ticket just to talk to him on the plane and be like, yo, listen, you know, they trying to do me dirty because him and Vince were already not seeing eye to eye. You know, he didn't want to lose to Sean because he said Sean had no respect for him, no respect for for the sport, and he wasn't going to lose to somebody like that. He would rather drop it to somebody else the title. And, you know, Vince would say, nah, you know, we got to drop it to Sean, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, the whole shit between him and Sean was just real rocky at the moment. So Earl Hebner said, nah, don't worry, Brett. I got you. I got you, bro. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to do you dirty. Fucking here comes uh one of the Stooges, uh which one of Briscoe goes to Earl Hebner. He's like, yo, listen, when Sean has the sharpshooter on him, call for the bell right away. He's not gonna he's not gonna tap out on that move, just call for the bell. So he's like, damn, I don't wanna do that. You know, I don't want I already told this nigga I wasn't gonna do him dirty. Whole shit happened, boom, boom, boom. I think it was two, three years ago on a podcast, he said, Yo, I'm tired of I'm tired of, you know, basically defending Brett. You know, Brett knew what, what was up. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you know, he just changed his whole story. And it's like that with, like, almost everybody that, that, that was a part of that night. But then I start thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? Even me being a really big Bret Hart fan, I just feel like he kind of did it to himself. You feel what I'm saying? Like... He knows, like, if yeah. you leave, if you're leaving a territory, every all championships are lost in the ring. Especially if you're leaving a territory and you're going to the competition, you got to lose the chip, bro, before you leave, man. You can't go to the other, you know, to the other company with the top belt. Nah, that's, that ain't going to happen, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's what everybody says. You 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 lose on you lose on your back. Your last match anywhere should be you losing. Shouldn't be you going out on top. That's why like I have a problem if Undertaker's really retiring and then he retired on a win. Fuck for. Let him retire losing so he could put somebody over. The fiend. Exactly. That and that was that was my case for the fiend. You know what I mean? But um it's just it's just wild. You know what I'm saying? Like that screw job is is something that regardless of how many times it's going to be talked about, people are not going to get tired of talking about it. That, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, because there's there's so much to it. Yeah. You know, like, and not for nothing, the way it played out. Because, you know, I heard uh, Sir Wilkins talking about that it was a work. He thought it was a work. Yeah. I don't I don't think it was a work. Not at all. I feel like maybe Vince took an, an opportunity to make it as big as it was. Yeah. Coming out, calling for the bell, and then, you know, getting punched in the face. Like, it just it just created, like, the perfect storyline. Yeah. And then a lot, like, Sean even said it to people, it looked like a work because... He would tell. He was telling people that night. He's like, "Yo, I, I, you know, everybody should leave the locker room because I know Brett. He already told me if I'm still here, he's gonna, he's gonna knock me out, and nobody needs to see that." And it's exactly what happened. Brett knocked him out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fucking Vince took it, took it like a champ, got knocked out. And another thing people put into play, uh, what. Scott Hall would say is that, yo, would you let your top, like your t one of your top three acts in the company at the moment, after he gets done dirty, you're going to pan the camera to him while he's, 
you know, basically hand finding in the sky that he's going to WCW and then he spits in your face and then the hard can pants to you, the owner of the company. He's like, why would you have that naturally, nationally broadcast? It's okay, baby. Oh, sorry, bro. Um, <laughs> working from home, it happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> repeat, repeat that last part. No, they were saying that, you know, him, you know, putting the, the hand signal in the sky, like on TV, he's going to WCW, him, you know, writing it with his finger, WCW. And when he spit on Vince, like the camera zoomed in on Vince and you seen the loogie all on him. You know what I'm saying? They're like, why would somebody that owns a company want that nationally broadcast? Exactly. So he's like, that that doesn't even seem right. But I'm like, all right, that doesn't seem right. But everybody, like, for instance, Bruce Pritchard, who was, you know, who was a backstage agent at that moment with WWE. He said he didn't know anything until the end of the night. And that Vince told him, and at, yo, and this was all said, that Vince had a meeting with the whole locker room afterwards. And he's like, yo, listen, what had to happen happened because if it didn't happen that way, all your jobs would have been on the line. He's like, what Shawn Michaels did for everybody, he put his neck on the line. He didn't even know he was a part of the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? So... Then it's like, all right, was it a work? Was it not? Maybe, how about this? Maybe Vince was working everybody. You know, there's some people that feel feel that it was that it was real. Just like just like a, a regular wrestling fan. Before this night, dude, before not even before that, before the night that they all hugged in the ring together. That that curtain call is what they want to call it. You know what I'm saying? Between uh Sean, Diesel, Razor, and Hunter, when they all embraced each other in the middle of the ring and they're like yo hold on two of these niggas are bad guys the other two are are, are good guys why are they hugging like kind of confusing the fans and killing kayfabe you know what i'm saying and then you have this moment here to me the work and the screw job was vince working not the fans he was working his employees you know, like, I, that's how I'm looking at it. I'm like, yo, you know what? This nigga scripted this scene for himself. This was his segment. Because to be honest, this birthed the Mr. McMahon character. Because after that, everybody knew that he was the owner. Yo, you see that nigga in commentary before. You didn't know he was the owner. Word. You know what I'm saying? So all that's starting to come into play. And then he screws Bret Hart. Like, he... He wrote this segment for himself with nobody knowing about it. Damn. So, all right. So, you think... I don't think it was scripted, though. Like, you don't know Bret Hart is going to spit on you. You don't know he's going to punch you in the face. You feel like, you know, there may be some backlash from it, but I don't think you can make Bret Hart do those things. I, I, I think it was more like... This is just the angle we're gonna run with, you know. Like I'm yeah. gonna just play the bad guy. Yeah, that's what. But see, I feel like he told he told like a handful of people he could trust that wasn't gonna talk about it. And since he couldn't get Brett to just drop the title, he had to take it from him. You know what I'm saying? And he know if he disrespected Brett in Canada, Brett was gonna go off. I'm pretty sure, like in his mind, he played out the whole scene. And played everybody. 
Yeah, I do feel. I feel like Brett was in the wrong too. No, he's he, of right. course, yeah, he was in the wrong. Cause it's like yo, my man, you're leaving. You're leaving for the competitor. And if it's a work, bro, and they're all in on it together, why would you let let one of your top three? I would say top two because he was the champ at the moment. And when I mean three, the the, the top three people in WWE at the moment was Brett, um, Sean, and Taker. You know what I'm saying? You know, Steve Austin was still still kind of on the come up. He he just embodied that whole 316 um, character. The Rock, I think, was still in the nation at the moment. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't the Rock eyebrow and, you know, if you smell, he wasn't that yet. You know what I'm saying? So your top three people, you're going to let one of them go to your top competitor that's beating you in ratings and all that other stuff, and that's supposed to be a work? I feel that if I if you look at people now, right, or what Vince tries to do with people, they're going to leave and not leave on his own, like, 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 think about it, like, all right, you're leaving just to leave, you're not, you're not, you're not leaving me on a good, like, on a good foot, I'm gonna bury you, and I feel like that's what he did to, to Brett, because he killed Brett's, not, not the momentum, but I feel like he killed his spirit, because when he went to WCW, his fucking stay at WCW for those, what, two and a half years was horrible, he didn't have that many good matches. He had like one really great match with I think it was Chris Benoit the night the uh the week after Owen had passed. And they did it was like a Owen Hart memorial thing. And them them do them two killed it in the ring. Right, I remember that. You know what I'm saying? But everything else, like if this was a work, this was a work implemented by Vince working everybody around him. Like he is the only one that knew what was gonna happen. Like you said, he can't really predict how Brett was going to react, but he knew if he disrespected homie in his own country, in front of fans, on pay-per-view, he knew he was going to react some some type of way. And he kept egging him on after that. Think about it. Going inside his locker room, trying to talk to him, trying to let trying to uh, let him understand why he did what he did. And Brett like, yo, if you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust your shit. And him staying there waiting for him to get hit. Dude, he knew. He's like, yo, I'm going to let this nigga knock me out. I already know he's going to go crazy. And what Brett do, Brett went on a nationally televised show talking about how everything like everything that night was scripted. Basically putting another nail on that coffin of like pro wrestling. You know what I'm saying? You never talk about what's behind the closed doors, but he talked about all of it. And then the next night, Vince gets on um, Monday Night Raw, fucking black eye and everything, and says, Brett, screw Brett. I feel like he saw his plan come to fruition. Like it, it just like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. He gave it to me. I'm about to run with the fucking ball and, and start fucking shit up. Brett screwed Brett. Word the fuck up. I hate to say it because I'm a big Brett fan, but it's exactly what happened. That's how I think. Be like, I really think I mean, he worked everybody. Like, and and people want to say, you know, all oh, Brett was in on it. He wasn't in on it, bro. There was too many emotions. That there was too much, too much being shown on his part for him to be a part of that. B. Not only that, I mean, you know, he wasn't a part of it because I remember not too long ago he did an interview and he said he regretted leaving WWE. Like he, he wishes like they asked him if he would do it again, and he was like, if he had a chance to do it again, he would probably find a way to stay with WWE. 
Yeah, man. So that, yeah, I don't. Be, I don't believe it was a. Yeah, I don't believe it was a. I think what you're saying just it sounds yeah like Vince just like totally ran with it and made it what it was and pretty much introduced himself as a character in the cast. Yep. Without anybody really knowing what he was doing, he did it on his own, bro. That's fucking crazy. Like, imagine you think like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm just, I'm just gonna trick everybody. <laughs> they don't even see it coming. Yeah, when you know it made the situation also made it easy for the fans to hate Vince. The fact that he had that black eye even made him even more hateable. Yep. So it's just like it was just, just yeah, it was just fucking masterful the way he just put it all together and ran with it and made that shit what it was being one of the fucking greatest heels ever in the history of fucking wrestling insane insane shout out to Vince man shout out out to Vince on that one bro but uh another another thing this week was uh this week Eddie Guerrero would have been 53 if I'm not mistaken yeah, he would have been 53, to, 53 years old this week, man. Wow, how many years has it been since he passed? 16. No way. Yeah. No way, 16 no, 15, years. 15 years. 15 years since Eddie passed, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I didn't think it was that long. I thought it was like maybe like maybe like nine years ago. Yeah, man, he died in 2005. Wow. November 13th. Uh, which is, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow marks 15 years. Wow, that's crazy. R.I.P. Latino Heat. Hurry up, kid. Tomorrow will be 15 years since he passed. And the other day, I think, what was it? Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, Two days ago was the 15th, uh, also the 15th year anniversary of his last match on SmackDown. And he won it in pure Eddie fashion, bro. Lying and cheating. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yo, it's it's crazy because I, I remember him in ECW. You know what Hell I mean? yeah. I remember him as the TV champ in ECW, him having these crazy matches in ECW with Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Lance Storm, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I see him go from there. I see him go to WCW, have a really good career there. And then to go to WWE, have a start and stop moment because he got fired from WWE. I think it was in 2001 for, um, I think he failed a DUI, if I'm not mistaken. (coughs) And, you know, he went through the Indies. He did his trip through the Indies where he met somebody that we know, uh, Flip's brother. Xavier, John Xavier, uh, through the indies there when ROH was on the come up. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. to the both of them, man. R.I.P. John Xavier, man. And he got another shot with WWE. Came in and tore the house down once again, man. He was just so great in the ring. And all the wrestlers will always say of how, like, how much of a teacher he was. Because even... The nights that he wasn't wrestling or 
he he had the he had the open opening segment or opening match or even the headline match. He was watching the the entire show and just like questioning his peers, like, "Yo, what what would have happened if you would have done this? How about if you would have done this? Maybe you should have done this." Like always giving, always trying to drop gems on niggas. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, and I feel like that's also kind of missed within the spectrum of pro wrestling now you know yeah you have like those those ogs there that are you know road agents and match agents where they they help you put together the match and all that other stuff but i don't know if any of them are as diligent or as you know strategic as eddie guerrero you know what i'm saying having like you don't really hear stories like that anymore from from other wrestlers talking about their peers now Word. Um, yeah, Eddie was swagged out. Swagged the fuck out, bro. At the end in WWE, he was swagged the fuck out, bro. Like, and not for nothing, bro, he, to me, he just has one of the most classic storylines. But just the way he pulled it off when he had the paternal custody battle. <laughs> With Rey Mysterio over Baby Mysterio. What's his name again? Uh, over Be- Baby Eddie, Dominic. Dominic, yes. When he was straight son and Dominic, and had Eddie looking, I mean, it had Ray looking terrible, had him looking like a, like a failed father, like looking like a failure. Yeah. And not for nothing, that match that they had at SummerSlam with the fucking papers hanging in the, the ladder match. Yeah. Crazy, bro. It was all type of emotions in that match, man. Word up. Hell yeah, bro. And yo, and Dominic, he looks so comfortable, even as a kid in front of the camera. Word up. You know what I'm saying? Looking like Slim Shady with his blonde hair and shit. <laughs> Word. You know, like I I just one one uh one match that really stands out to me. I mean, I know a lot of people always go to the match between him and Brock Lesnar or the one with him and uh, Ray from Halloween Havoc. But I look at, like, some of the stuff he did on SmackDown because he, he is SmackDown. He's the reason why SmackDown was popping for, for, for a little while, you know what I'm saying, when it first came. And I go back to this parking lot brawl he had with John Cena. And this is when John Cena was, was coming up and he was getting popular. You know, he's wearing the throwback jerseys, rapping to everybody. You know, and this nigga Eddie out there sounding like um, homie from uh, Born in East LA and shit. And it's just, yo, dude, it was just he, his character. <laughs> yo, dead ass, right or wrong, bro? He'd be like, yo, Holmes, yo, Essay, you funny, yeah, man. You funny, man. And I'm like, yo, it's just, he was, and he was, he, he looked like he never went on script. You know what I'm saying? Then when it went to that parking lot, bro, they did anything and everything, bro. That was a fucking crazy match for me. Um, watching him versus The Rock on a on an episode of Raw, forgot what it was, but that match was pretty dope. And you know, I I just look at what he did, even like the stuff he did with China, and you know, like kind of like egging her on and you know leading her on, thinking that he loved her and shit. And this motherfucker is using her. 
Like all these all these storylines he did, he made it like so reality based that you felt it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like he was fucking mo- loved. I loved that uh when he was chasing China. Yep. Giving her flowers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just damn, bro. And then I you know, I go back and then I see like the stuff happening now. And I think to myself, I was like, a lot of the shit that's happening right now ain't working, ain't hitting because they're not giving it to the right to the right performer. Like, look at Eddie. Everybody knew Eddie was fire in the ring, right? You gave him a love angle with China, he made it work. You gave him a paternity angle with 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 Mysterio, where people were a little kind of turned off by it. Like, nah, this is a little too much. And you're gonna tell me Eddie's the father? Yo, you're wilding. <laughs> right? But at the end it worked. You know, you gave him all these all these crazy things. Oh, another match um WrestleMania twenty with, with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle had him in the in the ankle lock, but before he put him in the ankle lock, he had untied the laces of his boots, so he he kind of like swarmed out of it and then got Angle in a in a in a small package one two three and, and kept the belt, retained the so WWE I, title. That was perfect. Hard as fuck. That's dope. <laughs> you know, and I, that's why like some of the guys that do like stuff like that in wrestling today and I feel like it's okay like you know I it's okay to see but as long as you hit it right bro and do it right and deliver the lines right it could go a long way man it could definitely go a long way and Eddie Guerrero is like the perfect example of that you have to make it happen you know what I'm saying facts you gotta make it happen if you ain't cheating you ain't trying, baby. Ain't trying, kid. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, R.I.P. Eddie Guerrero. Truly miss. You know, Latino Heat, baby. Latino Heat. But uh, legendary. Oh, legendary ain't even the word. I I just hope that the ideas I have for him and and this crew neck sweater man come to life and it'll be. It'll be something that the people close and dear to him are going to love. You know what I'm saying? My mom with <laughs> Straight blood in, blood out. You already know, Holmes. But uh, to get on a more lighter note, a little, I guess a little happier, you know, to get off of that real quick. It's been reported that WWE is considering going to Tropicana Field for the Thunderdome next month. With, you know, the NBA coming back, they can't be at Amway because, you know, Orlando Magic are going to be playing there. And I think this right here is great for WWE because they really wanted that stadium feel again. And Tropicana Field is a great looking field. You know, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays play over there. And now that we're getting into... The tail end of this year, and everybody knows what January brings. It brings the Royal Rumble. They really want to have fans there. You know, Major League Baseball did it towards the end of everything. I think they had, what, like, what was it, like about 25% filled? 25%. I mean, look at football. Football in some of those stadiums, 50%. 50%. Exactly. So, you know, I think, wait, what, what does it hold over there, Tropicana? 
Let me see something real quick. Capacity is 42,735. 42, so if they go a quarter of that, it would be about a little over 10,000 people, which is not yeah. bad. A little over 10,000 people. Knowing them, they're going to use the field just like they did uh, in Houston this year. They went to the Astros. They went to the, uh, where the Astros played. They used the field and everything. They had about like 70,000 plus in there for, for Royal Rumble. Uh, I really do think that the um, the Thunderdome there is going to look insane, especially with that dome up top. If they could, if they could pull this off, this is gonna look crazy, and I think they're gonna spend a lot more money doing it over there. Hell yeah! But sure, once they start charging, it's not gonna matter. Oh no, it's not gonna matter. But how 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 much are them tickets going for then? I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, I feel like it's gonna be a lot of Trump supporters at those. Uh, <laughs> at those fucking uh, events because, you know, all the COVID non-believers and shit. I mean, I don't know, bro. I don't, honestly, like, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't, it doesn't matter how much it costs. I'm not going to any events. Not yet. No, of course not, man. It's not, it's not right. And then to go to Florida, a state that's high in COVID. Like Florida, Florida and Texas, forget about it. That that shit is. Shit is caliente no out there. Oh, caliente is not even the word, bro. It's like if you straight off the plane, you catch COVID out there, b. I, that shit. Is, I don't. I don't think that's a a good look. But then again, I don't know any other state that would want them around. Probably, probably just two, those just those two states, Florida and Texas. I think it's time, though, bro. I think it's time. I think wrestling needs fans again. I mean, AEW's been doing it. AEW's been doing it. You know what I'm saying? AEW's been having a couple of fans, as we've seen with uh, AEW Full Gear on Saturday and what we've been seeing at AEW Dynamite. There's been fans, but then there's also been people showing up with covid and you know that that's getting that's getting tony khan a little a little shook you know what i'm saying because you know that he had he had this like real open open door policy with his talent being able to do indie shows and all that other stuff and now he's starting to like kind of tail back from that he's like yo you know he's i'm telling you he's gonna start restructuring contract and you know he's telling his he's telling his his talent, like, yo, you got to let me know where you go. You got to let me know, like, what's your test and what's your test coming back because he doesn't want to have anybody else going down because so-and-so wanted to do a show for 700 people over here. Uh, yeah, I don't blame him. I don't you blame him at all. I don't blame him at all. Exactly. You got to protect the product. But then it's like you see that. You see that, right? And then you see what happened on Dynamite this uh, uh, yesterday, this past Wednesday. Where, you know, somebody that I'm pretty sure not a lot of people knew who she was comes and talks, talking shit to Cody. And it was just like a random wild segment 
where she came talking shit to Cody, and and then Cody's wife came out. It, yo, dude, it, it was it was looking crazy, bro. It was looking like a a girl fight from a Tyler Perry movie. I ain't know I ain't know what the fuck was going on, b. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, all right, cool. And then she popped the name Shaq. That he was the, she. That was the the giant that she was talking about that was gonna come and take Cody down. And I'm like, Shaq. I'm like, Shaq can't be no heel, bro. I'm just. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, all right. First, you said this was gonna be more sports centric, right? It wasn't gonna be sports entertainment. But you're doing stuff like this. You're bringing in Mike Tyson. Then you talk about how, you know, talent's going to have freedom to go here, go there, you know, talk about what they want to do and those other shit. But little by little, all that shit is scaling back. But you don't you don't hear none of the fans saying anything about it. Yo, does she really mean Shaq, like Shaquille O'Neal? Yo, even Tony, Savon- Tony Schiavone was like, Shaq? Does she mean Shaquille O'Neal? And then I forgot who was on commentary with him. They were like, what, that old guy? <laughs> Seriously. It's like, yo, the time for Shaq to get in the ring was over with. When he was supposed to have that that Mania match with Big Show a couple years back, that was it. But not now. Not against Cody. Nah. I would, yeah, I don't, and I don't think Cody could body slam Shaq, you think? Nah, yeah, I bro. think he could. I think Shaq's too girthy. Yo, he's a lot bigger than he was, man. Too much girth. A lot bigger. I don't know, bro, but that was a massive tease, and I don't know what Cody Rhodes is thinking about doing that, but this is what I'm talking about. Everybody swore. Like they said, records are going to matter. There's somebody that has a record of, I think, 16 and 1, and is on record from last year to this year losing to Cody and losing to John Moxley. So it's like all right, he has this beautiful record but it's not showing it is it is it going to translate to championship gold? Is it going to do anything? I mean, I know they were selling the whole like wins and losses meaning something, but is that something that they still build on and yeah. talk about? Like, do they mention their records? Yeah, it's under like when they when they show their names, like the graphic for their names, right under it, it shows you their their record for twenty twenty. Yeah, I think eventually they're just gonna stop showing that shit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't, bro. It's all about the push of the talent. How are you gonna push this talent? How is this talent gonna? Get over with the fans. How is he going to look like a viable person to challenge somebody with a belt? That's all it is. You want to have all these other angles like, yo, like, dude, wrestling has changed from when it mattered how many wins and losses you had. It has changed, bro. You know, like, this is not... This is not 1986 at the... At the Alamo Dome and shit, and you got the Von Erics over there. Like it's it's not that anymore, bro. <laughs> yeah, nobody really has given a fuck about records since Goldberg. There we go. Matter of fact, matter of fact, even even after Goldberg, nobody's given a fuck about records since yeah, since Goldberg beat Undertaker streak. Was it was it Goldberg? Nah, 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 nah. That was uh Brock Lesnar. Oh, Brock, Brock. <sighs> That was the last, like, streak, the last, like, record that actually mattered. 
That's crazy. You know? I can't believe still like they did that to Undertaker. What was the point of that? Well, he got concussed <laughs> during the match. He still doesn't remember the match. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? He got really concussed, and they're like, yo, who else is is actually believable in beating The Undertaker at his on his stage? And the only one that's actually believable was Brock Lesnar at that moment. At that moment. And that ended up being Undertaker's only loss in WrestleMania, right? Nah, because then a couple of years later, he loses to Roman Reigns. Mm. He loses to Roman Reigns. And oof, the heat Roman got after that, boy. The heat Roman got after that. It was amazing. <laughs> Yo, dude. Next night, next night on Raw, bro. He comes out. He didn't say anything for five minutes because everybody's booing him. And then after the boos kind of started to die down, he just said, it's my yard now, and then leaves. That's it. <laughs> was he, like, in straight heel mode at that point? No, he wasn't even a heel or anything. Jesus. Wasn't a heel, bro. He was still somewhat of a fan favorite. <laughs> But another thing, another thing I wanna I wanted to I wanted to talk about is, uh, I know this is not something that you're totally on board with, you know, women in wrestling. Smoke break. <laughs> but it's just it, it really it really catches me off guard sometimes how. I look at WWE and look at their women's division and see, like, the obvious difference from them and, you know, AEW. And I feel like AEW, like, yo, they have to do something, bro. They got to really restructure that women's division because they're wasting at least, like, I'll say about two, if anything, two or three talents that they have there, they're wasting it. Because they have nobody there for them. And then these other these other women that they have coming in, like they ain't it, bro. Like their their matches I don't know, man. It's like I you already know like the ropes are bigger than them. So them bouncing off the ropes and making it look nice, it, it sometimes it doesn't, you know? And it it's just it looks it looks bad, bro. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> It looks bad, and I'm I'm hoping because yo I I saw Sasha versus Bailey on SmackDown on Friday, and just how fluid their movement was in the ring, and how they went in in and out of the ring, and the the way they hit their moves and the way they hit their marks on everything within the match, it felt like like I said it was just a fluid movement. It was one movement, and they were both on the same page. I haven't really seen that in an AEW women's match. I'll see it from one part of the match. Like, it'll just be one talent that can move like that, and the other one just can't keep up. Yeah, I mean, honestly, bro, I'm not, you know, I've been, uh, it's been documented that I'm not a big fan of women's wrestling. And I, I, I wonder, like, you know, just based on everything you're saying, because I've, totally feel that way and I've felt that way like just them in the ring bouncing off the ropes it looks so awkward sometimes ropes don't even fucking move 
Um, have they ever like experimented with like maybe like making a smaller ring, like something more suited for the women based on like the height and weight? Because I think that would make their matches a lot more interesting. I know like the construction of the ring, it's just it's probably not even possible unless you set up the women's ring like somewhere else. Yeah. But what about even putting a ring on top of the, the I don't know. <laughs> not on top of the ring. Maybe that's just I don't know. I just I, I think a modified women's version ring would just be a lot better. And it will make for a lot better matches. No, yeah. I, 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 I totally agree with that. Maybe it could be the size of the ring. You know, maybe they need the ring post a little, a little shorter. You know, the the ropes don't have to be as long. You know, just something, something. But then it's like you, you go back and you see WWE, and they seem not to have that problem, regardless of the size of the ring. Nah, WWE is a is a small women's wrestling is a smoke break for me too, and I you know everything you described I've definitely seen that in in WWE maybe the, their women's wrestling is better. Um, again, I'm you know I'm on my balcony smoking. I'm not not so sure. <laughs> oh man, I'll I'll leave that for you and Bing to discuss. Got you. All right, cool, cool, cool totally understandable but um how are you liking what's going on right now with roman reigns like roman reigns right now he's really like now he's really the big dog and now he has his cousin in line with him you know and he's basically like his doja like yo listen see that dude right there kevin owens he disrespect the family go fuck that nigga up for me I'm going to wait for you right here. He did just that. Like, I haven't seen this aggression in Jay Uso probably ever or any of the Usos ever. Like, this is something else. Like, this is this is looking like some, some real mafia being being put to play here in the WWE. And I, I just think it's it's amazing. You know, you got Dan, you got Daniel Bryan there. That he's he's looking like he's gonna be the next one to challenge Reigns for the title soon. But having Reigns there, having his hitman and his his cousin, who's more like a brother, and then Paul Heyman is just there, kind kind of like Mario Lansky, just running the books. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this this is this could be something, bro. And it's just everything, everything just hits home. Everything seems to be in unison on what's going down. Like, yo, the only person that could stop him is family. And so far, all families with him on his side. Oh, yeah, totally agree, bro. It's, it's like, it's deep almost, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's it seems like real, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, really fuck with each other, obviously. It seems like there's some real family shit going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I appreciate them extending this whole thing between the Usos and and Roman, like, and, and keeping this going and not just fucking moving on from fucking 
storyline to storyline. Like, they're letting this shit grow. They're letting this shit marinate. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, it's good. It's good fucking TV. Hell yeah, bro. Novela Central, my nigga. I'm loving this And not for nothing, bro. This is only working because it's Roman. I feel like... The right person. The right person, bro. And I'm like, not for nothing, the whole retribution. I, I know how you feel about them, whatever. But I feel like if, you know, and not to take anything away from Ali, but but I feel like if, if it was a, a more seasoned, that recognizable person, a wrestler, you know, in that position, I feel like that whole retribution shit would have been crazy. I feel like it just like it just it, it these storylines are sometimes pretty good. They're just the execution is terrible. Yeah. And and who they're assigning these storylines to is terrible. I think if you would have did this whole Roman Reigns shit with somebody else, it wouldn't have worked. But the fact that you're doing it with Roman, it's like whatever Cody touches. Like, no matter what whatever storyline you give Cody, he's going to make that shit work. And I know we're going to talk about it, you know, what happened at Full Gear and shit. But there's just certain wrestlers that can make shit work. And right now, Roman is making this shit work. Right. I agree. I agree. So uh, before we get into full gear, there's something that you wanted to talk about that we're going to present to the people listening to our podcast. And as you all know, you know, Brother Woodrow over here, he really, really loves his uh, nostalgic wrestling. So it's It's the stuff that made us fans. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the stuff that made us watch wrestling religiously, hardcore, from fucking seven, six, seven, eight years old to my fucking thirties. You feel me? Like it was the it was the shit from when we was kids. But <clears throat> yeah, it's a little segment that I, I want to start to do. It's called like wrestling history with Woodrow. You know what I'm saying? And just basically bring up like a random wrestling history and. You know, talk about it with you guys. It could be from anything. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play around with this. But I had to start off with the greatest faction in wrestling history, none other than the New World Order, NWO. New 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 World Order, bro. Their run was it was it was for over six years. Let's start. Let's start with that six-year run. Not only that, that shit had a combined total of sixty-two different members. <laughs> sixty-two, bro. That's like, a lot. We're gonna run through a couple of those names because there's some nasty names on that list, but there's some fucking Hall of Fame legends on that list as well. For 62 years, it was to the point that fucking Brett, um, Shawn Michaels. Well, that was nasty. Was fucking NWO. That was so nasty. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yo, bro. That was nasty. Like I give it, I give it to you know to NWO because they started in WCW, obviously, with uh Hogan Nash and and Scott Hall on July 
1996. Yes, yes. That shit was a straight fucking culture shock. Oof, was it? Flipped wrestling upside down. And your man Hogan was brilliant, my nigga. He was just fucking amazing. He flipped the switch from fucking super babyface, the most babyface you can be. Eat your fucking vitamins. Say your prayers, babyface. To a nasty heel, to a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Is that a piece of shit? <laughs> All of a sudden, he had he had this wild stubble. First of all, we gotta say that 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 Hogan invented Beijing. He invented what? Beijing. What? What do you mean by that? That uh, <laughs> that shit that Rick Ross used to make his beard look like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yo, Yo. had the Beijing five o'clock shadow like early in the game, son. That nigga just—he grew—he grew out his beard and just dyed it mad quick. He's like, right, I'm gonna make this shit black. I'm gonna still keep this shit platinum blonde though. <laughs> but yo, like, so NWO—they—they they won WCW, WWE. They even went to fucking New Japan. Mm. So, I mean, even fucking Big Muta was NWO. Let's not forget that. The Great Muta. I mean, the Great Muta, you, yeah, you was sure? NWO. Um, 1,000. Not only was he NWO, but nasty. His, he had, like, oh, face the paint. Face, oh, the face. Oh, word. nasty face paint. I forgot the black. Yeah, him and um Masahiro Chono. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so, I mean, like, that shit transcended. You feel me? Like, there was a whole NWO Japan. But a then, bunch of niggas on that list. They, they was always saying that um Eric Bischoff stole that idea from Japan. Mm. There was a, there was a faction out there that, that was just, just like that in Japan. And he stole, like, the whole, like, kind of, like, central idea of it. But yeah, they had like a whole a whole division in Japan, bro. Yeah. 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 And I, the 62 members that I mentioned does not include all of them in Japan. Oh, but, Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, three different organizations across six years. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fucking impressive. And yeah, you know, they had some nasty members like... You know, we said Shawn Michaels. That was nasty. That was very nasty. Disco Inferno. Oh, that Jesus. was nasty. Doing that disco dance with the NWO t-shirt on. <laughs> for some reason, that's burnt in my memory. Like, I cannot <laughs> see a little finger pointing in the air. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, fucking even the nasty boys were fucking NWO. Uh, one of them, right? One of them, one of them just turned on the other or some shit like that? Yeah, sick. Sickening, sickening. Oh, so was uh Stevie Ray. Nigga <laughs> turned on Booker T for a t-shirt. He's like, ah, oh, fuck this nigga. I want the shirt. Turned on Booker T for a t-shirt. Word, because you would only see him when when all the all the members were in the ring, and you'd be like, oh shit, I forgot Stevie Ray was NWO. Word up, bro. Oh, shit. And yo, he was there looking like a bodyguard, bro. Him, yeah, him, and, was... him and Virgil. 
Yes. But Virgil it, was motherfucking NWO. But but yo, yo, listen, bro. How the only two black dudes in NWO is some fucking jobbers, bro, as singles. That's true. Like really? You couldn't get Booker T. You had to go you know what? You know what? Now nah, they had a fly they had a fly dude there as a, as a NWO member. They had Dennis Rodman. I'll give him that. Ah, uh, yes, I forgot. Your man, De- that's true. Yep. Let's not forget. Motherfucking Dennis Rodman. Yep. NWO rep- representing. Yeah, that, that was crazy. Our body, that yo. But, yo, my nigga, it's, this is sickening how many people are NWO. Hell yeah, mad people. And then, you know, and then they even came out with an NWO wolf pack. Your man, Kevin Nash. I was like, you know what? That Fuck was fire. Man. I'm going to do my own thing. Started it with fucking Macho Man. That was fire. And, Super fire. And it was his fault Disco Inferno was even on. I had a, I had a shirt. <laughs> oh, That's shit. That is so sick. So all this shit is going on. It seemed like every fucking member, at one point, like in 97, it seemed like every fucking wrestler in WCW was either part of NWO or NWO Wolfpack. And it worked for some reason. I don't remember ever being upset about that back in the day. I feel like if they did some shit like that now, forget about it. Everybody would be fucking shitting on it. Nah, everybody. They would have uh, came up. They would have. They probably would have shit on NWO Wolfpack. Definitely. Word. Like, so, oh, yeah, why they splitting just... up? And yeah, you're right. Yo. Nah, I think, yo, but you know, R.I.P. to him because he's not with us anymore. But I think the nastiest member of the NWO, because I'm just thinking about this guy with a cut-off sleeve shirt, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, not for nothing, I used to hate when Dusty used to rock a T-shirt with his wrestling trunks, so it looked like he was just wearing, like, a t-shirt with nothing underneath. <laughs> looking like yo, looking like a six-year-old getting ready to sleep. <laughs> yo, for real, bro. I used to hate that shit. Like looking like he's t-shirt with my panties on. <laughs> yo. Yo, he's gonna be like, yo, you telling me you're gonna have a pair of pants in the back? Like he couldn't just. He's not even wrestling. He's just out here talking this shit. Yo, like. fucking IRS, my nigga. Yep. And you know IRS what was on that list. And you know who, you know what the sickening part about this was? That they didn't even call him IRS, but they wanted him to keep that gimmick. So they called him <laughs> oh, yeah. Michael Mike Wall, Wall Street. Street. <laughs> Yo, I remember that shit. <laughs> Yo. They even had the twin, Lothwini. Oh my! Ron and Don Harris. Jesus Lord. The disciple. Oh my God! That was a uh, Brutus, right? Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake. With a beard and shit. Yep, <laughs> he had the he had the Hogan beard. He was just he was called the disciple and looked like Hogan. Yo, who's Louis Spicoli? Oh, Louis Spicoli, ECW legend, right there, kid. May he rest in peace. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, well, he was NWO. Don't remember that. Oh, wow. But we can say one of the greatest NWO members was none other than J-E-double-F. <laughs> J-A. 
Double R, E, double T. Yo, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this about Jeff Jarrett. That motherfucker right there be chasing clout everywhere he go, bro. Why you say that? Dude, not only, like, he when he went to, uh, what was it? Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He was, like, their champion. He wanted to be the head of the stable that uh, Cornette came in to WWF with trying to take over WWF, and it didn't work. It was, like, him, the Rock and Roll Express. It wasn't working. Nigga goes to WCW. Be, becomes a part of the NWO and another faction that was there. Then, as he got older, became a member of the Bullet Club. Clout chasing. No way. He became, he became a member of the Bullet Club? Clout chasing, my nigga. Yo, that's sick. <laughs> How the hell did they even introduce him as a member of the Bullet Club? Yo, that's another thing. That's another thing. Talk to me. The unveilings when these people joined NWO was amazing. <laughs> like, sometimes you had some fucking amazing screw jobs. They're fucking like, oh, he flipped on him. Now he's NWO. That was fucking like, like yeah. when Buff Bagwell flipped on, um, damn, what was the dude's name? Oh, his, fucking... uh, his, uh, his American male's partner. Yeah, what was the fuck? I forgot uh, his name. Oh, man. Was it Tom Zink? Nah, 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 nah. Or Z-Man? Oh, Scotty Riggs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Flipped on him, became fucking NWO. And he became a pirate afterwards or some shit. I know he had an eye patch. Oh, man. Buff Bagwell. You have fucking Rick Steiner. I mean, um, Scott, Scott Steiner, Steiner. When, oh. when they were together, Dude. I loved Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner together. I was like, and I'm, I used to love, I used to wait for them to come on. <laughs> like, see what fucking crazy shit, silly shit the niggas is going to do this week. Yo, Scott Steiner, he had them one-liners, bro. What? He was straight spitting. <laughs> Word, he was. He was like, he was doing some Rick Rude shit, but he was being Wild aggressive. <laughs> wild, wild aggressive. <laughs> Just violating. Like, yo, look at the dude next to you. Little sweat, fat neck. <laughs> and now you look at me, the real genetic freak. <laughs> He'd just be like, yo, I'm a freak. <laughs> He's just loving himself. He's like, damn, I'm a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm a genetic freak. Oh, that's great. That nigga loves himself, B. That was great. Yeah. NWO, they 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 did their thing for a long time before it got before it got ran to the fucking ground. That shit was the one of the greatest impacts on wrestling. Hundred percent. That was amazing. Oh man, good times, bro. Good times, man. Yeah, and that was it, you know. So every week I'm going to come with something different. Yeah, it'll be a reminiscing point. <laughs> exactly. It'll be a reminiscing point. But, um, yeah, so uh, that was Wrestling History with Woodrow. Tune in next week for the, for another episode. 
Uh, before we get out of here, I wanted to talk a little about Dynamite. Dynamite, we've seen two different title changes with the TNT title as Darby Allen beat Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. And the Young Bucks beat FTR for the Tag Team Championships. Now, Cody, like you said earlier, Cody can't do no wrong, man. Cody, from from the promo he gave on Dynamite, uh, the closing off show going into full gear, hyping up the match, letting Darby know that he might be the face, and the thing is, he can't take that title from him, and those, just everything he was saying was gold. The match itself, the concentration on the arm of Darby, and just selling that, and him working that angle, to where he beat Cody Rhodes, and then the way he beat him, he beat him with a sneak pin, and I love this finish, especially in a match where there's a distinct size advantage, and we're, like, you know, Darby's finish isn't going to be as effective on somebody way bigger than him. So for Darby to actually win the way he did was amazing. It showed a lot of grace on Cody's part because I thought Cody was going to beat the shit out of him afterwards, but he didn't. All good. And, you know, man, Cody, Cody's he's going to be on that list of one of the ones that WWE really shouldn't have let go. But a lot of the stuff he's doing now, he would have definitely not have been able to do in WWE because his character and who Cody Rhodes was at the moment was is nowhere near what it is now. So shout out to Cody. Shout out to all the amazing work he's doing with AEW, man. Word, I thought it was I thought it was an amazing match. Um, like you said, I thought it was a dope finish. I thought it was a fitting finish. Yes. Um, I like how Cody bent the knee and gave him the title. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, once again, Cody just doing, being Cody, just knowing how to sell it, knowing how to build up another wrestler. Um, your man, Darby Allen, as you pointed out, when you know, a long time ago, he's about to be a big star. Yeah, man, he really um, is. And, you know, this is something that, you know, when we did our predictions, this was a match that I, I said that Darby Allen should win. Kobe doesn't need a title. Uh, Kobe. Cody doesn't need a title um, to be Cody. Yes. So, and now he got his name back, so he got his swagger back. Like, he's just, you know, who knows what he, what's going to be next. Um and to throw him real quick, I seen a I seen an interview with him, and he was talking about how he eventually wants to run for like state senator and shit. Yeah, in Georgia. Georgia. Yep. <clears throat> Thought that was pretty dope. So, you know, just proud of that dude. Keep Stardust, you know, long way from Stardust. Word, man. Just keep, keep doing your thing, boy. Definitely. And one thing I started thinking when he got his name back. What if he plays into an angle that, you know, it says that Cody will never have a world championship match, but I am Cody Rhodes. If he does that, it's going to be a little corny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that will be a little corny, but again, if anybody can make that happen... It could be Cody. (laughs) 100%. Definitely, definitely. And, um, of course... 
A lot of people said that the tag team match between uh, the Bucks and FTR went a little long. Because I think the match itself was about 32 minutes or something like that. Let me get the full count of the match. I don't want to... I know we're like kind of low on time. But I just wanted to make sure real quick. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah. Oh, a little under a half hour. It was 28 minutes the match, right? But the match was great. Like, when I seen, uh, what's his name, Cash Wheeler, he did a spring, he did a springboard 450. I was like, what the? Like, I've never seen anybody on FTR do any high-risk maneuvers like that. And he did it perfectly. Perfectly. But it's just the storytelling of that move of him doing it. FTR is known as like a world-class tag team, like, you know, hard, hard nose, old school tag team. They don't really rely on moves like that to get ahead of the match. You know, they do, they do slick heelish shit and then wrestle well in the ring. You know, the Young Bucks are more known to do high-risk maneuvers like that. And for them to lose right after he did that move, him being super kicked and lose that way, was fitting into the story because it's like, oh, you see, the Bucks got them out of their game because they couldn't beat them. They were throwing everything they could at the Bucks and couldn't beat them. So they, they tried something new and it just fucked the nigga over, right? But then my thing is this. How far do you think tag team wrestling can go? I mean, honestly, it's just... <clears throat> I don't know. There's just so much you can do, I guess, but it's just it, it just depends on where dudes are trying to like push it and where their creativity is gonna be. You know, like it's it it's not easy. I don't think it's easy to build up a tag team in twenty twenty. Like if dudes not are not in sync with each other, you know, like it it they kinda just look like two wrestlers. Yeah. You know, like the young, the young bucks, and um, FTR, like yeah, they obviously got their shit together. So I, I feel like those two, those two other tag teams that are leading the way in tag team wrestling, like aside from like Ortiz and Santana, you know, who I guess are just our favorites, but they haven't even been put into that spotlight yet. So I don't know. I don't see a lot of like great tag teams wrestling unfortunately um yes. and I, i'm gonna be honest i did not watch this match you know <laughs> i don't know if you remember from my from the predictions i was like i'm gonna boycott this match because they stole dream matches <laughs> 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 they stole his his idea but shout out to dream match because he actually uh he heard when i said that on the podcast oh yeah and he hit me up, like, yo, I heard what you said. Like, yo, good looking. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But, <clears throat> yeah, so I didn't watch it. I did hear, like, really, really good things about it. Like, literally, like, it was, like, an amazing match, some people said. No, it was. Um, it was. It was. You know what I'm saying? But it just got me thinking, like, because they, they want to put so much emphasis on tag team wrestling, which I don't mind because I love a great tag team match. I love a great tag team match. But it's, like... How much? Because this this match got more time than the world championship match. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
and we're gonna get into that one next. But I, you know, there's there's another discussion I want to have with you know when we got all three together. Like, is WWE ever wrong when they let certain people go, or are certain people just who we thought they were, and they're just basically playing the same role within just a different company? You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't know. Like we've seen matches like this that FTRs had with with New Day with the Usos. Um, even when they were in NXT with uh, American Alpha, and it, the list goes on and on. They're just phenomenal, phen- a phenomenal group. But I, I do think that the match was probably, I would say, little maybe ten minutes over. There's a lot of stuff that they they could have eliminated from the match, and if it was a twenty minute match, it would have been just as good. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like a, a lot more emphasis should be should be put on. The world title match, even if it was an I quit match, it should have had more of a a beating a display. I mean, they did a lot of violent shit. You know what I'm saying? But I think they did it for just the sake of violence. Like everything felt like very messy. You know what I'm saying? It was it, it looked like an indie match. Yeah, it did. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I as great as Eddie Kingston was on the mic, because Eddie Kingston sold the shit out of this match. His fucking promos are phenomenal he's just an okay i think he's an okay competitor when you put him in the ring you put him in the ring with a person like moxley who's been on bigger stages than what he's in right now but he feels more in his element where he's not being held back and he gets to do a whole lot more stuff and his character is shown a whole lot more and it looks a lot natural for him but being in the ring with eddie they were both on the same page. It just it wasn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. Ha, I didn't get a main event feel from it. I got a main event feel from the from the Young Bucks match, and I got a main event feel from Darby and Cody. Like I got more main event feels from that than I did from their World Championship match. Yeah, I I feel you. I mean, I I know this is like Moxley's bag and shit, but is this is this um Kingston's bag? Oh yeah, he's he's definitely you know one of those violent one of those violent guys that that be in the ring like that. You know what I'm saying? And he likes to put a hurting on motherfuckers and all that shit. But uh, my thing is this: this is this was only their second match. The first match, you know, Eddie Eddie passed out. He didn't quit. He didn't you know nothing. He didn't tap out. This one, and they I feel like they went straight into an I quit match. There was really no real build. Um, at first it was Eddie talking into the mic until, you know, they, they beat up Moxley. Moxley wasn't around for like a week or two. He comes back and I just feel that they kind of rushed it. You know what I'm saying? And then Mox being the champ and they already knew they had Omega lined up for him. Now we're going to see something. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, and I hate to say it, he was just a stepping stone for Mox, something, something to put on TV. You know, everybody was loving the loving Eddie Kicks. A lot of people just watched the match for him and wanted him to win. But I know deep down inside, people didn't see him winning. I didn't see him winning. You know, if did I want him to? Win? Of course, but I didn't see that shit happening. Because the bigger the bigger match, the more money for a new company is Moxley and Omega for them to go round two, and they're gonna have a straight up wrestling match. And I'm excited to see this because I know Moxley is more than just a gimmick match. You feel what I'm saying? Nah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
And that's the bread, like you said, that's the that's the bread match right there. Definitely. Moxley, Moxley, and uh, and Omega. Yep. And not for nothing, we kind of skipped over that Omega and Cowboy match. Oh uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Omega, Omega, and Hangman Page. They uh, they really, they really gave us a great match. That was another match that uh, it just it kept going back and forth. But it's just like for me. It was like I said. It was a great match, you know. I, I I enjoyed the hell out of it because it was just two talented motherfuckers in the ring. But I already knew where this shit was going. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing took took my mind away from knowing that it's gonna be Moxley and Omega the next time we see an AEW World Championship match. You know, like I knew Jay Uso was gonna lose to Roman. Every time he got into the ring with him. But just that story being told in the ring and outside in the ring through promos and through the weeks. Kind of like drift my mind away from that already. Like I know that's there. You know what I'm saying? Like I know that the finish is going to be this. But Jesus Christ, they have me captivated by by just the, the story that's being told. You know... The only the only thing I got from Kenny Kenny and, and and Paige is that they used to be they used to be tag partners. They held the tag belts. Now they're both fighting each other to see who's gonna face Moxley or Eddie Kingston at the moment. That's it. There was really nothing else being told. It's just whoever wins is gonna get a championship. That's it. Whoever wins is gonna get a championship match. So it's like there's nothing like else drawing me into the match. You know, but like I said, I don't want to take anything away from these two guys because these two are in a list, probably top 10 of best in the world at the moment. So to, to see them duking it out, that shit was fire. Or a great match. Yeah, surprise. And like I said, it's good to see Omega. <clears throat> it's good to see Omega in a good mix. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like now, I feel like Omega is really starting to get it popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really good to see, man. It's it's good to see Kenny. He's in his bag right now, man. And it's good to see that. It's great to see that shit. Um, another match I wanted to get into real quick, but before we call it quits, uh, is Jericho and MJF. So this match. And I, I love what Jericho did here because I'm I'm pretty sure this was just to pay homage to Eddie. Pretty sure of that shit. The way MJF won this, outsmarting the veteran. He knew that the vet was coming for him. He's gonna throw everything he had at him. He did he did the Eddie Guerrero shit on him, bro. Made it look like, you know, this nigga was gonna hit him with a chair and shit and Yo, it was it was great, and he rolled him up for a pin. Uh-huh. That shit was great. It was great. I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, he hit hit Jericho with his own finisher. Like, <clears throat> yo, Max, I fucks with Max, man, and I'm pretty interested to see where this is going. Cause I mean, the obvious would be like, oh, you know. MJF is just going to take over and he's going to be the leader. But I'm interested to see what they do with this. And I love it. Like, I love this whole event because 
we got two definite young stars out of this event. We got Darby Allen and we got MJF. Yes, MJF, the the pay-per-view before this one lost to Moxley. But now we know that AEW is going to put... They're putting their hats down. You know, they're like, yo, these are going to be our two stars to take us into the future. You know, this could be their classic feud. If Darby and MJF ever get go at it, that could be the. I think that could be their classic feud. You know, like the. I mean, WWE got the classics, of course. You know, Austin, Austin Rock, Sean Brett, um, even 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 Hunter Hunter and the Rock. They had crazy fucking shit going on. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, trying to figure out who else has some nice rivalries. I can't, I can't, I can't do like throw some real crazy classics because it won't make sense. But just like you know, a company that's going into a new era and going into it with young stars, fuck it, yo. What WWE did with Cena, with Cena and The Rock. I mean, um, with with Cena and Orton. You know what I mean? From when they first started to look where they got at now, like this could be probably the beginning of something right here. Mm, I feel you know, what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to them for trusting their young talent, getting them over, and going forth with them. Can't wait to see what happens. Word up. But yeah, man, uh that's all that's what we got for you guys this week. Where Joe, you been hearing anything new, bro? Anything been uh tickling your ears? Yeah, I was listening to that new MF Doom. No, nice. Nah, it's no new. No, I was about to say, I was like, "What?" Nah, nah, yeah, I'm just me, joking. Yeah, me going there, buddy. Um, honestly, the only thing I've really been listening to, I, I, I've been going back and listening to some Rock Marciano. Rock um, on. So that's what I'm on right now. Okay, okay, okay. You haven't you haven't been listening to that new J Balvin? Um, nah, <laughs> unfortunately not. <laughs> it's in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, I'm just fucking with you. Oh, <laughs> have you been listening to that shit? I listen to a lot of shit, bro. I got, I got a lot of time on my hands. I'm fucking around too much, bro. How is it? Yeah, it's alright. I, I gotta. When it comes to like, you know, like, you know, all that. Uh, how, how, how would they say the? Not the not the Latino trap music, but just Latin music in general. I gotta hear it more than once to get a good feel for it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I don't see really nothing new out. I listen to the Benny. I haven't really gone back to it, to be honest. You you listen to to that dude, uh, King Von? Uh, R.P. King Von. No, I wasn't really. I know he recently dropped an album. Yeah, he did. Another another rapper that was about to get it popping gets killed. Only in hip hop. Only in hip hop, right? Only in hip hop. I see your man Nav dropped that album. Oh, Nav. <laughs> I know you're a big fan of his. I mean, he got he got so he got some he got some high shit, bro. I'm not gonna front. Got some high nah, shit. I'm a fan. I'm a definitely front. What happened? I said I'm a definitely front. Yo, 
But yo, you gotta hear the alchemist shit, bro. The food. oh, what he got to join on that? Yeah, the no, uh, he did he did like a like a EP. Mm, recently? Yeah, it's called the Food Villain. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, shit's pretty dope. All right, I'll fuck with that. Yeah, Won't yeah. you play something off that? I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to. Uh, he got a nice food Yeah, he got he got a dope joint there with uh with action. He got a couple of people on his shit. Yeah, Alchemist, he also likes to like put out the instrumentals for his albums too. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he has an intro instrumental album too. I was gonna tell you about that shit. Of course. Peep it. Peep it. Cause most of this shit here too, you you'll be surprised. A lot of this shit is instrumentals. <laughs> So I might just hit somebody with an instrumental and shit, bro. All right. <laughs> you already know. But yes, this is episode 129. And we're finishing it on the the hour and 29th minute. Ain't that some shit? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. tomorrow, tomorrow is Friday the 13th. I, I didn't even notice that, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, be careful out there. Word, word. Shit could get ugly. Bye, my brother. You already know this is a 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your host, Nathan McFly Wit. And nigga Woodrow, man. You already know. You already know who I'm going to shout out. And you already know what I'm a poppy of. Hey. Hey. Hey, <laughs> <little. laughs> Peace. Easy. Hold up. She keep calling me babe. I said that's not my name. Million dollars, million followers, ho. That's not the same. And I just washed off the chicken, baby. That's not cocaine. Shit so high, you got 200, you can get like four things. Yeah. the G Gorilla Prince, they with banana. I fuck with Sean Dunny, run the D like Barry Sender. Trophies, mantles, bill ups, how shit get handled. Whoa. I pray my life go over easy and I never scramble. Damn. She sent the text like, can we talk, bitch? I'm not Tevin Campbell. Uh. I walk and I'm decking and making the entrance and know where the exit is. We kick them hoes out, ain't no room service, we ain't bringing no breakfast in. Got an oval office in my house, bitch. Some of y'all like a president. I'm talking Jefferson, Edison, Clint, so much pussy look like I'm selling it. Damn. And the police is noted, I'm selling it. I did a one and the two with the heroin. And my nigga was stitching, he telling it. I had to jump off a wall with the Mexican. Yeah. Gotta get me a brand new plug. I run out of dope and I'm out of my element. Yeah, bitch, uh, Google. My government, but that's not my name Million dollars, million followers, ho That's not the same And I just washed off that chicken, baby That's not cocaine, yeah I give you the game, I don't play for the love of the game Ho, I play for the rings yeah. Every hoe that I got as a side bitch I ain't never gonna fuck with her main But the Alice Trebek, I don't answer those questions Jeopardize how far we did came We are not one in the same We could ride the same thing and I won't look the same These bitches, they want me to wife them But I just want not them Good bitches, they know me It's all in my bangs yeah. She keep calling me babe I said, that's not my name God. Million dollars, million followers, ho That's not the same And God. I just washed off that chicken, baby that's that's not cocaine, shit so how you got 200, you can get like four things, yeah. God.